0: on SAFM.
1: My guest is Sihla Bolani, who is strategist and author of We Are The Ones We Need, The War on Black Professionals in Corporate South Africa. And uh, really, our conversation is about the dynamics that COVID-19 have presented to the workplace. Those who find themselves working from home, for instance, how has that changed their relationship with their managers, with their colleagues? That's a conversation we're having. Sihla, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Mala, thank you for having me. So what dynamics has COVID-19 presented in relationships in the workplace?
2: Gosh, so COVID-19 uh, has been a very strenuous time for people, right? And because people work in organizations, it's meant that it's been very strenuous for organizations as well. The challenge during this period is that organizational culture has been put on full display, um, where many organizations have continued to be so fixated on the bottom line um, and pretending it's business as usual, and that's led to a breakdown in the relationship that they have with employees. Now, if we're looking at um, relationships within the workplace, organizational culture plays a very prominent role in determining whether the development of meaningful relationships amongst colleagues is enabled. Um, And, you know, this really covers a lot of various factors, like does an organization um, encourage, foster, and actively drive a culture of trust Uh, Does the organization, through its policies and procedures, display that it values its employees consistently? Or does the organization's culture truly embrace diversity, giving employees space to show up as themselves? Or are employees made to feel that they must look or act a certain way for acceptance? If an organization doesn't feel safe for employees, that will impact on the employee's ability to connect with and trust their colleagues and their bosses. And that's why it's critical to understand where, you know, that where culture is concerned, organizations must always lead from the top. So for a number of people, working from home has initially, initially started off as, Okay, great. You know, uh, if I'm in a toxic work environment, I get to get some reprieve from that for a period of time. I don't have to deal with my boss. I don't see my boss all the time. um, And I can kind of work at my own pace. Um, And what they've discovered uh, through working from home is that actually that relationship or that toxicity has been intensified because now that you're working from home, there's an expectation that you're always available. Mm. The working hours are no longer respected for many people. Um, so many people are complaining about having Zoom fatigue because all of a sudden meetings have just, you know, been amplified. Um, because nobody knows how to actually deal with being in a crisis like this. Um, for other people, it's struggling with uh, having employers who don't understand, acknowledge, or respect the fact that working from home comes with its own additional responsibility for you. You know. People are now having to homeschool their kids, which means that they can't be available at normal times for meetings or for work stuff. So, you know, the working schedule needs to be relooked. Um, people are not having to do their own cleaning because, you know, if you had a domestic worker for a period of time, you couldn't have a domestic worker. So that meant that people had to spend more time during the day doing house responsibilities um, before they can deal with the work stuff. And a lot of employers weren't taking that into consideration when entering this work-from-home
1: phase. It's a tricky one, sitla because they would then argue, if you expect us to pay you the same, you should also deliver the the same amount of time that you would have delivered if you were in the office.
2: Absolutely. And I think what, that, what this pandemic has done is that it's forced us to start questioning whether the way that we've always managed employment relationship um, employment contracts is actually the most appropriate and most efficient way um to to ensure that you're getting value from employees and employees are getting the value that they require from their employers um i think that it's you know it's, it's about flexibility it's about understanding that you can't expect things to be business as usual when everything in your environment is not business as usual and i think that in understanding that and embracing the humanity of and you know of and the responsibilities that your employees face you're able to as an employer say okay we understand that the environment has changed and the way in which we work has to evolve to be able to you know be able to work within this environment so what is it that would work for you as an employee what are some of the pressures that you're facing and how do we then navigate that within the professional context and maybe that means instead of having meetings at 8 or 9 in the morning, you have your meetings later in the day. Um, And maybe it means understanding that your employees might be available in certain periods, but need gaps in between to be able to either make sure that the kids have food or something to eat or to assist them with very specific things that they need support with uh, from an educational perspective. It doesn't mean that people won't put in the work. It doesn't mean that people won't put in the time. It just means that we need to look at how do we make it a bit more flexible so that people can still be able to take care of home, still be able to, and still be able to, you know, deliver as required in the workplace. Because, you know, you don't want people to feel that they now have to let home go completely and not be able to support their kids in the way that they need because of the workplace, because that breeds resentment and it creates a working environment that is
1: untenable and unsustainable. If you're the captain of the ship uh, and you want to adapt this new culture and yet people are not in the same building as you, how, how do you manage that? Because you may get it as the CEO, for instance, and you want this very flexible way of doing things, and yet your managers are not adopting the same culture because they're so used to doing things the way that you're micromanaging people. How do you then manage that in their absence, in the sense that you're not in the same room or same boardroom as them. They're sort of sitting in their homes and yet you want this this new culture to be transferred to everybody in the organization. How do you then manage that?
2: I think it's important to firstly point out that any organizations that are able to adapt to change and that are agile are able to do so because that's part of their culture. Mm. If you are in an organization that has a very established and entrenched um, culture of the old way of doing things, very entrenched in having bums and seats all the time and looking over people's shoulders, mm. This environment, being in a pandemic, working from home, is going to be very difficult to, to, to adapt to because you're so stuck in your ways. And I think it's important to understand that Organizational culture is critical in ensuring that you foster a uh, trust within, because trust lies at the core of being able to have flexibility. You have to trust that your employees know what they need to do. You have to trust that they will do their jobs and they will deliver, um, because then that enables you to stop wanting to micromanage people. But also understanding that micromanagement is not a function, is not a result of having employees who are unreliable. Micromanagement is a personal development issue, and the person who feels the need to micromanage their staff is somebody who actually needs assistance in developing their managerial skills because they're unable to relinquish control. They're unable to trust people to do the jobs they need to do. And it's usually a crutch that's used by people who do feel insecure, who people who are unsure about their place within the organization and the security of you know, this power that they have that comes with their positions. Um, and what it actually does is that it creates a very unhealthy work environment, which can become very toxic for people who report
1: into people who want to and like to micromanage. So, you know, in in a situation where the boss themselves is that person that you've just referred to, how would you suggest a person manages that? How would one address, you know, the boss, who actually is exactly that person, to say, I need flexibility, and and yet you know that they they don't get it?
2: Well, I think it always boils down to having a conversation, right? You've always got to start with that. Um, Being able to say to your boss, Okay. In light of the changes that we're currently undergoing, um, having to work from home, this is how um, my working from home environment looks. These are the responsibilities that I need to take care of every single day, Monday to Friday. Um, and in light of that, this is how I would like to rejig my my my, my work time. Um, this is how I'd like to make it a bit more flexible um, with this. this I would still be able to deliver A, B, C, D. Um, these are the changes that I'm proposing. How do you feel about that? Would that be something that you're comfortable with? What are your ideas? Um, because obviously you want to be able to still be enabled to perform um, you know, as as you are required, but we also need to be acknowledge the fact that everybody is under an immense amount of pressure at the moment, um, and so it starts with that conversation. And if your line manager is difficult about it or is unwilling to even engage on that matter, then you know you need to start then looking at how do you bring in HR because HR should be the custodians and facilitators of positive and healthy workplace engagement, especially within uh, the, the relationship that exists between a line manager and their are subordinates. Um, but I think that being open about what you're experiencing, being open about what your responsibilities are and all of the pressures that you're facing and how that's going to impact on your ability to do your job is always the first place to start.
1: You know, sometimes it's not so much that the manager has said, we expect one, two, three. It's that there is that job, suddenly job insecurity, where you know that um, you know this, this business is struggling. There possibly are going to be job cuts. You want to be seen as the one that is more productive. You want to hang on to your job. So that mm. in itself has its own complications. It's not so much that you're being micromanaged. It's that you feel the need to do more than others. Because you, you 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 are you're fearful of losing your job. Absolutely, but
2: we also need to acknowledge the fact that having fear about job security comes from either a lack of transparency or authenticity or communication within an organisation. Employees shouldn't feel insecure about their jobs simply because uh, their their bosses are not being transparent about where the organization actually is, what challenges the organization is facing, what that means for each employee. And so, you know, uh, for people who do feel insecure about their jobs I think it's important to always have the lines of communication open and that's why authenticity and transparency is so critical in every single relationship that exists within the organization because you know you can't expect employees to perform at their highest when they're dealing with high levels of anxiety Mm -hmm. because of the unknown Um, and I think that this period has been an important time for organizations to really beef up and amplify their communications efforts with employees because we all have been observing what's been happening we all are aware of the various levels of uncertainty that people are facing. Many organizations, many businesses have had to shut their doors. But the difference really lies in how you manage that process with your staff. What are you communicating? Um, is it is it honest communication that you're having with people? And if you are feeling like, you know, as a business owner, that your organization might be in trouble if things don't change, then it's a conversation that you need to have with your staff to say, you know, this is a position that we're in the likelihood is that if things don't change, you may have to either cut jobs or close doors. But this is how we're going to manage the process. This is how we're going to support you. Um, and, you know, it's about, you know, always treating it like a partnership with your employees and not an us versus them scenario.
1: At which point is it advisable for, for that person to, to open up and not get a demoralized workforce? So... You don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. Things are looking up, but you're not quite sure. Regulations are changing as we go along. And so as a business owner, one may not necessarily know themselves where the future is. Is it is it imperative to say that upfront or do you wait? Or when's the best time to say to your employees, I'm not sure about the future of this business and not get them feeling demoralized?
2: Well, I mean, it obviously depends on the business that you're in and the industry that you're in because, you know, all industries are affected differently. Um, like, for instance, your, your industries that are that were right from the get-go part of the essential services will have a very different impact to, you know, people who are still waiting to get to level two or to level one. Um, and it really is about making a commitment as a leader within that organization to keep the lines of communication open. So... There is nothing wrong as a leader with saying to employees, "This is where we find ourselves um, with everything that's going on. Uh, this is where we stand as a business. These are the various scenarios that we are looking at. Um, you know Once we get to this stage, this is what we anticipate and this is what it means for you as an employee. And if the scenario then changes, these this is what you can expect. People want to know that they are being considered and that they are being thought about in advance. Um, and I think that for a lot of organizations, waiting until the last minute because you're trying to avoid the inevitable is actually even more detrimental to employees and actually quite a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you embrace being a leader who is authentic, but also being able to show that you also are concerned, being able to show that you are unsure, there's nothing wrong with saying, this is, with this, everything that's going on, we're not sure what this is going to mean for us in the long run, but here's what we are doing now. And this is how we can support you now. Um, We are open to continued communication. We are open to any ideas that you may have because this is also an opportunity to allow your employees to show their entrepreneurial side. Because they might have ideas that you might not have considered as leadership to help you navigate the
1: space, to help your business respond in a more agile way. Mm So, let, I'm going to ask uh, that you just maybe hang on a second while we play you a voice note. There's a voice note here with a comment on what you've just said, and you're more than welcome to also send those voice notes if you want to 0614 104 107. Let's just take a listen.
0: Hi, good day. It's Sylvan Gamda from Durban. With the issue about working from home, uh, some of the bosses need to understand
2: that all the staff do not have telecommunication assets at home for example some staff do not have a home telephone or do not have any cell phone contracts so for the staff to operate the companies need to supply the staff with wireless routers if they don't have telephone service the staff cannot use their own data to do their job some boss are not understanding and they tell you if you cannot do the job you will not get paid but looking at it how many staff can afford data companies need to supply the staff for data thank you.
1: I mean, this comes up quite a lot that some people have gone into this lockdown period already in uncomfortable working spaces where there isn't much trust, where there is this hostility in the company anyway. In the event that that situation was already uncomfortable, what do you suggest? Sihle? Hi. Yes, I I was saying, I mean, I don't know if you heard the voice note, Yeah, and I was saying sometimes we've gone into this lockdown period where there was already mistrust and there was tensions already in the business. So you're already going into this environment where it wasn't quite ideal. What do you suggest happens there?
2: I think that, you know, the lockdown has really provided a, a great opportunity for people who are in those kinds of environments because one of the challenges that you have with being in a toxic environment is sometimes not being able to work up the nerve to either establish boundaries or to push back when you need to push back um, or to just assert yourself within the workplace. And, you know, being able to work from home provides an opportunity for you to start practicing how to do that without having to be, you know, face-to-face with the person that intimidates you within the workplace. And so I've always said to people that this is an opportunity for you to start teaching yourself and getting comfortable with pushing back via email. You know, um, if you feel that you know there's something that you don't agree with, or if you would, you know, if you're unhappy with the way that a manager has spoken to you or treated you or whatever, it's an opportunity for you to start to empower and assert yourself in writing, because then it take, you've taken away that first hurdle of having to deal with the person face to face. I think that it is important for everyone to learn to learn the skills of being able to assert yourself in the workplace, because toxic work environments are very detrimental to your own. In emotional, and mental well-being. And I think that it's important for everybody to begin to learn how to establish boundaries um, in a very professional manner. I understand that, um, you know, for a lot of people, they're concerned about job security. And sometimes HR can be very helpful in helping you navigate, you know, these types of conversations um, within the the confines of their policies um, and ensuring that, you know, you're not... uh, you know, not having to deal with retaliation from your line managers, but that's not always the case. But that's a far bigger conversation around toxicity within the workplace in general. Um, and whether there's a, a pandemic or not, people who are toxic are always going to be that way. Mm. And, that, you know, any line manager who's come into this pandemic time as a toxic person is not going to change because of the pandemic. This is something that the organization should have dealt with
1: long ago because the organizational culture should not tolerate abuse of employees, regardless of the level that they're on. When we come back, I'm just going to ask you to maybe just go to that voice note and address how he can manage getting access to telecommunications and so on, where he's expected to be the one to provide that, whereas it wasn't before. I'll take those calls as well on 0891 Four, two, it's 2.30. Let's go to Utsila cycle for the latest in headlines.
0: Pimelo Mutine on S.A.F.M. Hi, it's Andre Ford here from Cape Town. Just in response to that uh, gentleman who called in with regard to staff not having the necessary um, data or cell phone contracts to make it possible for them to work effectively from home. I just want to maybe draw something to to everybody's attention in this regard. Working from home obviously saves you the cost of traveling. So surely one can take that cost or that saving into account and invest it into um, the necessary data or a cell phone contract of some sort. You don't have to take a, a fixed cell phone contract. You could actually buy different sort of bundles. Thank you very much. I hope this uh, helps uh, clear up some confusion, thank you.
1: All right, my guest is Sihle Bolani, who's a strategist and author of We Are the Ones We Need The War on Black Professionals in Corporate South Africa. She also has a weekly podcast called The Workplace Revolution, and we're discussing what COVID 19 has presented to businesses. And Sihle, I'm, I'm sure you heard the voice note there. So I suppose responding also, this gentleman responding to the previous one who was saying, I have a challenge with telecommunications. My boss or my company expects me to use my own. And then this particular one is saying, Well, if you You've saved your transport costs because you are paying for your transport costs. Surely it is expected that you are able to pay for your data and communications, um, you know, devices or data and so on. What's your response to that, Sitle? Well, I think that, you
2: know, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very complex one because for starters, the assumption is that, you know, your travel costs, Uh, would match what is required from you in terms of a spending perspective for data and phone calls. Um, And so it's it's a very uh, difficult assertion to make when we don't know the nature of people's work and what the resource requirements are. Um, But in addition to that... um, Yes, people may be saving money working from home, but they also we also understand that you spend more money when you're actually working from home because you are buying a lot more food, everything is more expensive you know uh, prices have increased because of managing supply and demand, and you know all of the various increases within the supply chain for all the goods that we need during this time um, and so we need to be wary of that, um, but also it's important for organizations to understand that they have um they have costs that are built into their operational uh costs right as an organization and part of those costs include the provision of you know paying for, for phone bills within your office, uh, paying for data or network, whatever networks uh, that are required for people to be able to do their jobs. So you need to figure out how to offset that um, considering that people are working from home. But it's also a conversation that you need to have with your staff because also the assumption that because people get a salary, therefore they'll be able to kind of figure out a way to provide data for themselves. A lot of people are underpaid and that's something that we all know um, research has shown. So already a lot of people work under in, intense financial pressure. And so to have to be forced to come out of pocket to pay for data, to come out of pocket to pay for phone calls that you need to make um, in order for you to fulfill your job is an unfair expectation to have on employees when you haven't had the conversations and actually work together to come up with a process that is going to ensure that your, your, your employees are not disadvantaged financially.
1: Okay. Here's another voice note as well, Sikha, for you.
0: Good afternoon Pamela The gentleman that just called in now Say that you're saving on uh, on Transport You can use that uh, uh, Actually to save on data Those are the very typical People that abuses people at work Does he think that for that data To work you need electricity as well When you're at home Does he consider your electricity as well When working from home No man, people should start being real Thank you
1: See
2: Absolutely true. Um, I think we always have the danger of making assumptions when we are in positions of privilege, where we do have flexibility ourselves we kind of cast those aspersions onto everybody else. And our situations are not the same. Our, you know, our responsibilities and commitments are not the same. And at the end of the day, it's an organization's responsibility to ensure that they are, especially when it's part of people's contracts, it's your responsibility to ensure that you provide the means for them to be able to fulfill their functions successfully. And you cannot then put the responsibility on them to provide the financial support to, to the organization to, to, you know, to cover data and phone costs when we haven't even had a conversation with them or have some sort of agreement in place okay. and explain how it's going to be compensated, how long the period is expected to go on for so that employees
1: know exactly what they're in for. Silke Bolani, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. A really interesting uh, conversation there. You can keep those uh, SMSs coming as well as uh, WhatsApp notes as well. She's a strategist and author of the book, We Are the Ones We Need The War on Black Professionals in Corporate South Africa.